they've very much shown their cards of what they want to do, which means they're simply trying to remove, in my opinion, uh, this from an issue for the election and hope that people forget. Hmm. Okay, that is Peter Millibar, BC United MLA for Kamloops North Thompson, talking about the government pressing pause on amendments to the Land Act. Now, remember, in the space of one month, we heard about these proposed amendments to the Land Act. People got worked up about these proposed amendments. The government then came out, defended them, tried to explain them. And now we find out in the last 24 hours, they are being put on hold, put on the shelf, at least for now. I mean, that is a very busy month for such a huge issue. And what we want to know is why and what happens to these uh, amendments that were supposed to be so important. Well, joining us now to talk about what happened, this whole process, is Nathan Cullen, the Minister of Water, Land and Resource Stewardship. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, and thank you for putting ABBA in my head for the rest of the morning. Well, if like, I have I'm to do it, be able to shake that. Yeah, if oh. I have to have it, you have to have it, right? It's mutual. <laughs> fair, okay, fair. so Minister Cullen, what happened here? You pressed pause yesterday. Yeah. What led to that decision? A couple things. We have met with about over 650 groups representing oh, hunters and fishermen, uh, folks in the natural resource sector, the broader business community. We heard a, a couple of things that were important from them. One. They don't want to go back to the times of court conflicts, uh, very expensive ways and a lot of uncertainty, particularly in the natural resource sector. They wanted reconciliation to work, and they also wanted more time on the Land Act amendments. The, the regret I have is the way that we started, which we've amended five different acts now, including forestry and child and family, some pretty big ones. And the process we used there, we used here, but we should have used something a little different. And in that space when we you know, issued the, the application and people could comment, a lot of information went out that was just factually incorrect. And so once we corrected that and told people what this does and what it doesn't do, we were having a very good and important conversation, and some would say an overdue conversation about reconciliation more broadly and about things like access to the backcountry, natural resource development. And that's the conversation that we're going to continue. We're not going to introduce the Land Act amendments, and we're going to continue on with the work of reconciliation because we know that's the path that certainly the courts and the Constitution have laid out for us, and it's a better path for everybody, including First Nations people. Do you think the process, though, and even the idea of these important amendments, as you said, has been damaged by what's happened? I think we can uh, put this on track. And I, the, the sentiment that was expressed, again, from the mining sector, oil and gas, forestry, people who recreate in the backcountry, people who fish and hunt, was almost unanimous. And I'm, I'm saying that with some point because they see out on the land the importance of getting to agreements, which is what this proposal is. All it is is giving us the opportunity between the province and First Nations to come to agreements before major proposals come forward. And, that, and we've done this twice now, uh, significantly, both with the Taltan Nation in the Northwest, both over mining projects, which we've talked about before, Talk to the mining companies. Like they, <laughs> these agreements are solid. They're very, very robust, and they actually lead to the certainty that industry, First Nations, and I would say British Columbians more broadly want. They don't want to see the conflicts. They don't want to see us spending tens, hundreds of millions of dollars on court cases, which, by the way, British Columbia has lost mostly over the last 50 years. They want to see the jobs created, the opportunities for both First Nations and non-First Nations people and that space of coming together. The unfortunate thing in this is that folks were spreading total mistruths about what this was. And that happens in politics, I understand. Opposition want to score some points. But in, but in this case, 
it, that's the damage right there is the, the threats and fears of things that were never going to happen. People got worried that suddenly they weren't going to be able to fish and hunt and get into the backcountry because of what we're proposing. That was never the case. It's still not the case. And we got to get the ground set right. Let's work from the same book of common facts. And then we can have the conversation that I think most people want to have, which is how do we resolve these things? How do we reconcile these things? And how do we move forward together? Okay, so what is the timeline and how do you get it back on track? And what is the timeline for that? Yeah, so I spoke with a, a lot of these same groups that I mentioned to you already yesterday. They're all keen to re-engage. They, they appreciated the first round. We did many, many hours together. We're going to do a bunch more. We're going to talk clearly about what this is. We're going to have an engagement with First Nations as well, more broadly, saying here's, here's what's proposed, right? This is a very specific tool. There have to be preconditions to us using it. We have to be in alignment like we were with the Taltan or the B.C. government, the First Nation and in those cases, the proponents, the mining companies, all see a good purpose in working together. And then that's what the tool uses. That's when the tool gets used. It is not over the 40,000 permits of the 95 million hectares, that is British Columbia. It is not over backcountry ski access. It is not over fishing rights. All of those questions actually, and importantly, happen at a land use planning table, which our government is investing in massively all across BC. That's where neighbor can sit with neighbor. And I guess this is Something else that was expressed to us, which I think is a very actually beautiful thing, is people said we want to get back to talking to each other as neighbor to neighbor, especially in rural BC, about our ability to share the land, have these conversations in a good way, and ultimately lead to a you know a much better landscape for all the decisions that come down. Okay, so what does that look like then? So if you say timeline, yeah. we're pausing this for now, but That's when right. will these changes actually happen then? Well, that, that entirely depends on the consultation, right? We didn't draft any of these amendments. We didn't put them forward because we said we wanted to hear from people first. There was a bit of a, a, a tension where some people said oh, it would be better if we actually could see the proposed amendments. So we were a bit betwixt and between. Some people saying meaningful consultation means you don't write the stuff until we've already talked. That's true. Right. But, yeah. You know, it goes it goes both ways. So that was something I was open to. I'm now hearing from groups saying, well, why don't you propose? them? Why don't you based on what we've heard already? Because, again, we've talked to a lot of people about this, a lot of industry groups, a lot of First Nations. We could probably sketch out the basics of this. And that's something that our ministry is going to consider. We're going to work with the First Nations Leadership Council, important partner in this, and also just help to spell the frankly, the lies. And I don't use the word very often because. It's a careful word to use, but folks were just inventing stuff for political purposes and people got scared and they got worried and in some cases got angry, which if you believe those things, I can understand. But once people heard the facts, the snowmobile clubs, the ATV clubs, the fishing groups, they were like, oh, okay, that's fine. Those Land Act amendments are over there. It actually raised a whole bunch of other conversations about hunting permits and land use planning. And those are really good conversations. So if there's any silver lining in this, I would say... It opened up the space for a lot of groups who were maybe feeling a little pent up, wanted to express some things they did to me and to our government. And we're going to give them more space to do that over the coming months. Okay. Yeah. What is the consultation schedule like then? Uh, we're going to set that down with those groups and with First Nations. I'm not predetermining it, but I, my guess is, uh, based on our very early conversation, it's only been a day, but my guess is that uh, very similar to before, getting groups together that are organized around themes, right? If you're interested in the backcountry, you run a backcountry business. If you're a fishing guide, you know, you'll, you'll end up at a table with us talking with other fishing businesses. Or if you're a forestry company, end up at a table that way. 
and we'll continue the conversations and give as much time as they need because that's important. Landing this is really important. Reconciliation is not easy. <laughs> it's mm. Grand Chief says it's it's not for wimps, and that's true. But man, is it essential and necessary. Anybody who thinks they can roll the clock back and that we just don't have the Declaration Act, we don't have Section 35 of our Constitution, they're operating in another reality. And that's not one that the courts acknowledge. It's not one that business acknowledges. So let's deal with the reality that we have. And we've been told by those courts and by our Constitution, we've got to reconcile these things. That's the only way BC can have the certainty that it needs for the investment that we've seen over the last number of years. Very good resource sector, broadly speaking, and we need more to do because it lifts everybody. Everyone does better when we come to these agreements. All right. So if people want to get involved, they go, okay, yes, I wanted my say in this. How do they yeah. do that? Uh, a couple of different ways. I mean, the, the website is what it is, and a lot of people use that. They prefer to write an email. Other people want to get engaged with uh, local area groups, either their local municipality or they're a part of uh, a rod and gun club or they're a mill worker working and they want to tell their company what they're thinking. There's lots of ways through those advocates. We'll, we'll explore. Do we need to broaden that even further? That's possible as well. So we'll look at engagements that work for people. It's modern. A lot of people want to go online and be involved with a, a virtual kind of setting. That's fine too. We'll, we'll do what we need. Uh, make sure that people have their voices heard. All right. We'll have to have you back on to explain it more yeah, to us when you get that nailed down. Thank you so much for yeah. your time. Of course. Anytime. That's Nathan Cullen, Minister of Water, Land and Resource Stewardship, talking about the pause they are putting. And it is a pause on the Land Act amendments, the proposed ones. In fact, they'll rewrite those amendments to make sure everybody can see them. If you want to weigh in, simi at cknw.com.